My lord, may I present to the court excerpts from various phone hackings taken by various journalists over the past few weeks. These extracts are all taken from the answer phone gathered from the <clears throat> head of Pertwee. Hello, head. This is the Queen. I'm just checking that we're still available for our nine o'clock appointment. I'm all lubed up and waiting for you. Pertwee, this is Terence Dix. Give me back my neck. Pertwee, this is Rupert Murdoch. I've lost your number. Give us a call back. Hello, Head of Pertwee. This is Real Keith welcoming you to the Staggering Stories podcast number 111st. Good evening, welcome, or whatever time of day it is where you're, where you're listening. Welcome to this, the Staggering Stories podcast. I'm Crumbly. My necklace is all tangled. <laughs> I'm Fake Heath. I'm Adam. And I'm... A tit. The real <laughs> You're not a tit, really. <laughs> At least my necklace isn't tangled. You're a huggy, squeezy toy. Oh, you make uh... it squeezy toy. Uh... No. <laughs> without further ado, and without a grovelling apology in the national press, it's the news with El Presidente. Doctor Who news. Oh. Doctor Who news. Oh, before we do Doctor Who news, can we mock Jean for being at Morris dancing? But she's going, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Consider yourself mocked, Riddler. <laughs> <laughs> After you were so nice to her last time. I know. Doctor Who news? Ooh. Beth Willis bails out. Ooh. Beth Willis, Both Doctor Willis. Who executive producer since Stephen Moffat, the vast toffee, Amen. Amen. took the reins, is to leave the BBC at the end of July. Ah. Willis's departure follows suspiciously close after <laughs> her fellow executive producer Piers Wenger announced his move to film four. Contrary to rumours of the two of them being conjoined, Willis is actually <laughs> returning to her former employers, Kudos Films and Television. Where are they conjoined? At the hip. <laughs> nah. Despite announcing first, Wenger is actually departing the BBC at the end of September and is expected to work on the 2011 Doctor Who Christmas special alongside Stephen Moffat, the vast toffee, Amen. Amen. and Beth Willis's current unknown replacement, or currently unknown replacement. <laughs> Wenger will himself be replaced before the filming of the next Doctor Who season proper. Beth Willis said, Working with Stephen Moffat, Piers Wenger, or should it be Arsene Wenger, and Matt Smith on the last two series of Doctor Who has been the most fantastic experience. And I will miss him hugely. Yeah, so much. He's left. <laughs> <laughs> the plans taking shape for the next series of Doctor Who and for the 50th anniversary are beyond exciting. Hurrah. And with Stephen Moffat at the helm, this incredibly special time for the show is in very safe hands. Chief Executive of Kudos, Jane Featherstone, said... I'm chuffed to bits to be welcoming her back to Kudos, where her creative instincts and no-nonsense work ethic will make her a force to be reckoned with in the drama world. Would you like to start a rumour? Mm. Oh, yeah, okay. You notice she only says that working with 
Stephen Moffat, Piers Wenger and Matt Smith oh. was a joy. I think there's been some bitch fighting going Ooh, on between her and Karen Gillan. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It was nice working with her. Her and the jam. Mm. Yeah. Oh, in the mud, yes. Anyway... Any yeah. more news? Well, it does give a little bit of credence to um, the, the private eye. The rumours of yeah. strife behind yes. the scenes. Mm. Yes. No. They're, they're doing yeah. trouble. But, but she's been there a while. Been there a couple of years. Yeah. Time yeah. to move on. Maybe. Well, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily moving on. It's moving back because she's going back to... Well, you know why that is? Mm. It's because her and Piers Wenger are actually attached by a piece of elastic. Ah. And he's going a long way away and it's suddenly twanged her back. <laughs> and he's twanged her back to her previous <laughs> career. <laughs> She's, she's getting trouble mm. in her twangs. She is, yeah. yeah. So I keep, think, I keep thinking Piers Wenger is this guy with glasses going, it was very good, but... That's because you're odd. <laughs> no, I think it's all you know, seen Wenger. On to the next! It's a good job it wasn't, because he didn't see a thing. Uh, that was a football joke. Don't even pretend that you got it. <laughs> no, I well, I don't understand football anyway, so... That's because you're odd. <laughs> EastEnders, though. Odd is relative. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, uh, Torchwood's oh, yeah. boring oh. ratings. Oh. It's doing fine. Yep. Episode one of Torchwood, Miracle Day. Miracle Whip. <laughs> has had some 4.8 million viewers on BBC Ooh. One and BBC One HD, according to the unofficial overnight figures. By comparison, episode one of Torchwood, Children of Earth had an overnight of 5.9 million and a final figure of 6.47 million. That was two years ago, however, and DVRs and iPlayers have changed the viewing landscape considerably, as we saw with Doctor Who overnight figures this year. Over in Twinkieland... Twinkieland, yes. Twinkieland. Hello to our friends in Twinkieland. Hello, Twinkieland. (laughs) I do apologise for my co-announcers. Over in Twinkieland, stars had 1.51 million viewers on the night, with a combined figure of 2 million after the Sunday repeats. There are only a gnat's whisker Mm. below star's highest original series premiere for Camelot. With we're knights of the round table, <laughs> we're young, we're and able. With 1.5... Oh, you've thrown me off. you thrown me off. <laughs> That's because I'm a horse. With 1.57 million on its opening night, and again 2 million by the end of the weekend. Mm. Meanwhile, north of the border... Border. the border. <laughs> the Canadian Space Network saw Torchwood delivering the channel its highest ever rated audience with an average of 432,000, with a peak of 929,000. When, when you're being careful with your reading, you're almost cutter-like, <laughs> or Alan Rickman-like, in the length of time it takes you to speak. But at least you pronounce the words properly. <laughs> Please oh. don't hurt me. <laughs> I'll get you Harry Potter. And your little dog too. Although Hermione has blossomed since then. (laughs) 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 Doctor Who, T-Shirt Gate 2. QWERTY.com, makers of short availability geek cred T-shirts, have had to pull a recent Doctor Who-inspired T-shirt due to a mysterious complaint. The popular design by Zero Bryant features a silent and weeping angel in a staring contest with the phrase, Blink you forget... Blink, you die. 
Those lucky people who ordered the T-shirt before it was withdrawn will get their one, but many were left disappointed that they did not order quickly enough. There is no word on who forced the two Moffat creature-designed T-shirts to be pulled. El Presidente got his. Yeah? Yeah. Well, it hasn't arrived yet, but... Uh... One, one has to ask, uh, T-shirt Watergate, or T-shirt Gate 2. What was T-shirt Gate mm, 1? Yes. Uh, I can't remember exactly when it was. Was it before or after Gallifrey? Uh, Zazzle, I think it was, a, a T-shirt company which had lost Doctor Who designs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And BBC forced them to pull them all down. Oh. Hmm. Including stuff which was actually nothing to do with Doctor Who at all. But yeah. Podcasts have put up their own phrases on the T-shirts, yeah. and they got pulled as well. Mm. Yeah. I can understand them with the copyright breach regarding Doctor Who, but what's they with the podcast? Did a, just a blanket, yeah. apparent blanket ban of everything which might be related. They didn't think about it too hard. Although yeah. a few Doctor Who things got through, and a few things which clearly weren't Doctor Who related got banned. Got Mm. Yeah, I think I think it's rather the company did the pulling. They were probably asked by the BBC, and the company decided to pull yeah. anything remotely linked. Yeah. Well, so the BBC they... shouldn't produce such boring T-shirts. Then. <laughs> yeah, they should yeah. get onto these people at QWERTY T-shirt, whatever mm. it is, dot yeah. com, and hire them. They should indeed. Addendum. Yes, I have an addendum. Oh, oh, yes. I have an addendum. What is your addendum? Flash well, your addendum, boys. <laughs> no, it's more of a, another gripe, actually. Oh, oh, no. Yes, it's the Chris Tookie hate half hour again. <laughs> How is Chris? Yes. Rested yet? I was going to say, is he appearing before MPs? <laughs> no, Chris Tookie, a film critic with the... Tookie, tookie, tookie. <laughs> <A> torture. <laughs> torture music. <laughs> yeah. Yes, at least he could get it right with film titles. Oh no. Yes, um, the latest Transformers film. Yes. Yeah, Dark of the Moon. Um, he called it in in his column. Dark side. The dark side of the moon. Uh, he was getting films modelled up with albums. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. To say his review was rather sniffy, to say the least. And, uh... That's because he was reviewing the album and not the film. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> he just couldn't see anything. It was dark. dark. Yeah. So Tookie's living up to his rep. Living down to his, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't do it again, Tookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you'd like to email it... <laughs> What's the email address? Certainly, Fake Keith. It's chris.tookie at dailymail.co.uk. Could you repeat that, please? Certainly, Fake Keith. Yes, it's uh, chris.tookie at dailymail.co.uk. Thank you. My pleasure. Any more news? There's one quick bit. Oh, let's um, have your quick bit, then. Doctor bit of quick bit, Doctor News. Uh, apparently, it is BBC Worldwide's biggest-selling TV show internationally, Doctor Who. Ooh. Didn't we know that already? I suppose we probably did. I think we suspected. Mm-hmm. But it's bigger than Top Gear, bigger than Lonely Planet, bigger than Strictly Come Dancing. <laughs> mm, well, that's yeah. a relief. <laughs> <laughs> I can sleep easy in my bed tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if anybody is worried about them pulling the plug on Doctor Who, probably shouldn't mm. be. Not for Although, the wasn't it their future. biggest selling programme worldwide when they pulled the plug last time? Possibly. Mm-hmm. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think they're a bit more uh, savvy. Money savvy now than yeah, they 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 haven't got someone in charge who particularly hates the programme. And they're not money understand. savvy mm. when it comes to t shirts. So. No. no. <laughs> Although, when we were at Comic Con, Mark Shepard was, um, did a lot of standing up for Michael Grade. Yes. Did yeah. he? And also, and also, um, a Sylvester. He did. Oh, a, was it Sylvester? Oh, no, yeah, because he, he mentioned he mentioned uh, uh, Michael Grade is the one who gets penalised when it was actually Robert Powell. Not Robert Powell. No, no, Not no Jonathan, Jonathan Powell. Powell. John, Jonathan Powell. <laughs> yes, it was a, Jesus, <laughs> Axe, Doctor Who. It, it was a Powell. I knew that much. 
Well, it actually, it wasn't a Christ, no it's awful, he said. <laughs> Doctor oh, Who was is... that blasphemous? <laughs> Doctor Who is nailed. Oh. Oh, I'm so cross. <laughs> oh, dear, we're going to get a lot, of, a lot less from uh, Bible bashes in the deep south. Uh. Oh, don't sit there looking smug with your face. <laughs> Look smug with something else. Okay. This is my backside. I'm going to look smug with that. That always looks smug. <laughs> right, any more news? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? They're making up jokes by themselves. Does it involve that cardboard thing? <laughs> no. no. Okay, makes a change. Any more news? Nope. Nope, that's it. Okay. News doubt. Well, as we've taken his name in vain, I really think we should at least say hello to the head of Pertwee. Oh, yes. Hello, Hello, head of Pertwee. Hello, cardboard Amy, with that stupid pith helmet on. (laughs) Hello, various assorted Amy's, including little pictures and... Dangerous Churchill and and Graham. Don't forget Graham. Graham. Yes. You've got a li- your little Amelia's out of the packet. Yeah, she escaped. And for mm. once, your other Amy's are behaving themselves. Well, I, I tell as she I said, there's, there's three of them now, and one of them's underage, so they have to behave themselves. Yeah. Mm. Can't corrupt her. <laughs> oh, she didn't run fast wrong. enough. <laughs> and with that horrible, horrible <laughs> note, we've been watching Torchwood. Oh, yes. Yeah. You don't want bomb, bomb. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite good, there. <laughs> bomb, bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jack's back. Yay! Yes. And Gwen's back. Yes. And Reese is back. Yep. Yes. And PC Andy. And PC Andy. Mm, yes. Mm, PC Andy did a bad thing. <laughs> did bad Andy. Mm. And the best thing about this whole thing, yes, is there's no Owen. <laughs> Oh. He got a name check. Yes. He did get a he name did. check. Yes. Lesson. There, there, there was... Jack pretended to be Owen. Yeah, from the FBI. His mouth yeah. wasn't wide enough, though. <laughs> and his acting there, was too good. There was quite, oh. There's quite a few name checks from the previous one, because we got uh, the 456. Yes, yes. Yeah. Quite 456, times, yes. It was all mm-hmm. under the 456 sanction. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Pillars of fire from the sky and yes. the, the scrapbook or whatever it was. Then. Yes. Yes. But anyway, a baby, a little baby, baby. Owen. Isn't she from Lords of the Rings with the with the earmuffs? Yeah. Well, let's start at the beginning. Okay, mm-hmm. the beginning. Confusing people. It's a very good place to start. Well, uh, and it's what about a year uh, after I'd Children s- of Earth? Mm. No, it'd be a bit more than that. Yeah, she say, wasn't that pregnant by the end of. I say yeah, a couple of years. Huh? Not a couple of years. Couple that baby, years. that baby is only about baby's, ten months old. Yeah, baby's. Oh, right. mm. I, I'd say year a, a year at the most, year and a half. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the baby's been born. Yes. Yep. And Gwen and Reese are living domestic in the bliss. most remote cottage known to they man. Are, it's one of the lines in the actual thing. They are now under witness protection. Mm, they yes. are. So they've been uh, removed from, from society, society. And, and sort of stuff stuck. Which is probably for the best. I don't quite know how they got under witness protection. I can't believe they're officially on witness protection. Yeah. Because the government are after them. <laughs> and you think they'd notice. Mm, yeah. yeah. So they must have arranged... Just, yeah. Through hacking with torture well, technology, the, yeah, the torture tech. Yeah, but yeah, they're they're on witness protection, so they're out of it. Mm-hmm. Trying to uh, 
Uh, do the good life by the looks of it. Pretty much, yes. yeah. Self-sufficiency. Yes. Kind of killed tourists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> tourists, sorry. Yes, yeah. were they mm. tourists? Ah, who knows? But anyway, uh, and then over in the States, we have a very, very nasty man. Oh, a bit naughty. More than a bit naughty. <laughs> being um, <laughs> sentenced to public execution. That was really quite a, a nasty that thing was. to open with. That's opened the episode. That yeah. was, it was that pretty was cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it was Bill Pullman, who's usually ever so nice. Yes! <laughs> he was and the president. He mm. was. Yeah. He was touching little girls. Yes. And, he, and killing them. Mm. And his, his defence, when asked about it, was... She didn't run fast enough, or she should have run fast well, enough. Yeah. Allegedly. That's <laughs> what they said he said. Yeah. And mm. presumably did, but may not be the entire sentence. Yeah, exactly. This is the. Uh, <laughs> but saying that at all probably painted him in a bad light. Yeah. Possibly, mm. but. But they tried to execute him. Yep. And, and nothing happened. Work. Well, yeah. it, it hurt it, it a bit. It started to work. Yeah, because he started convulsing on the. Uh... But he's alive. Mm. And meanwhile, around the world. Other people who should be dead yes. are still alive. And also, at exactly the same time the last person dies, the word Torchwood, Torchwood. is broadcast to all mm. the mm. Uh, secret know. service spaces. Mm. This, this naturally CIA. enough, yeah. irks the CIA. Yes. Just a tad, yeah. And this far too naive young agent <laughs> who decides <laughs> to look into it's, it. It's, she's, she's not a field agent. She's, uh, she's a collator. She's meant to oh, look for a, data. She's and, a civilian, yeah. Yeah, she's just yeah. one one step up from a civilian, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's intelligence. She's gathering yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. intelligence gathering, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's on the phone to her... Well, but, she's, she's meant to have feelings for this guy. God knows how she can. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like Rex, do I really you? hate Rex. I like Rex. I think Rex, Rex is rather good. He's not a very pleasant person. No, the first thing you see him doing is he's crying about the fact that uh, some guy he knows' wife is dying of leukemia. And will he... Um, and I he, think he yeah. looks like he's in, in line for the promotion. Yeah. 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 No. yeah. All right, so at the beginning, Rex isn't a very likeable character. No. But I like Rex. Because I just know he's going to come good. <laughs> I can't wait for the day when it all turns off and he drops dead. Because, mm. <laughs> of course, poor poor old Rex, or evil bastard Rex, depending mm. on your outlook, yeah. has a car accident, yeah, he get, he gets, which involves numerous pole metal poles. And his mm. Yeah, He gets spiked straight through the heart. Mm. Yeah, Quite impressively. It reminds me of Patrick Troughton. <laughs> and the omen. Oh, and the yeah. omen. Yeah, I, I can see. Yeah, yeah. Set without a church. Yeah, no, no church. Well, the, the pole came down, sort of went through his shoulder, and sort of got pinned to the ground. He did. Yeah. But anyway, he's he's rushed into hospital and and doesn't die. No, he should do. Yes, mm. should definitely. And they're having burns, victims coming in. Yeah. People Ooh. have fallen off high things yeah. coming in. Meanwhile, uh, she is researching further into Torchwood because almost immediately the word and all information has been wiped mm. from every single computer mm. in the world. And while she's looking through the files in the archive, who should step up behind her? Yep. But big, bad, bonking Jack. <laughs> what I do like when she picked up and looked through the file, it was a, uh, a stills photograph from uh, Empty, Empty Child, Child yeah, of, yeah. of, of uh, Captain Jack. And he has changed oh, a bit right. since yeah. then. But... Yeah. Well, he, he's been round the world about twice. I think he's about 2,000 years older. Yeah, at least 2,000 mm. years older. Yeah, he got buried at one point, didn't he? So. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So he does mention, I think one thing, he does mention that he's still ageing. He's he just very, very, very slowly. Very slowly. 
And so Jack takes young Esther off for a drink. Well, after the Eventually. attempt of, on the, his life. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Because uh, they have the, the... Yeah, somebody takes tries to take him out and then with detonates. With a bomb. And, and then yeah. detonates himself with a bomb. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. leads jump out to the my favourite part of the whole episode, but the part that my boss described as a little too far. <laughs> <laughs> Just a tad gruesome, that was Because bad. our little explosion victim... Oh, yes. yes. ...wasn't... Dead. No. no so he, they cut his head, head off. Yeah, he, he was lying on the autopsy table, burnt to a crisp. Oh yeah, he was crispy. Mm. So they snip his arteries, mm. snip all his bits and pieces, and and cut his, his head, off. head off, and he opens his, his eyes. eyes. You could almost say, "Have you tried cutting the head off?" You could almost hear. I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. Though. Yeah, <laughs> gruesome but cool. Yeah. Gruesome, but then Children of Earth was pretty gruesome when Captain Jack himself was blown up. Yes, yeah. so we saw him slowly re-coalescing. I'm not sure he's much worse than that, really. Yeah, I didn't like Children of Earth though. So. <laughs> <laughs> but we knew poor what's her face was going to get retconned when yes. Jack started telling her things. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Slipped it to him in the water. Mm-hmm. He, he certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> Good old retcon is still around. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. still, still knocking around. Like I said, there, there were various tips to the past in this one, as you said, the mm-hmm. uh, mentioning uh, Jack's alias of Owen Harper for the SB- FBI yes. yeah. and yeah. the four five six. I was a bit disappointed mm-hmm. they didn't have pictures of the other members of Torch in the file. Yeah, that would have been nice. It Perhaps there's an and, image uh, rights thing mm, possibly going on. Maybe. Don't know. I wouldn't mind though. And of course, when Jack plummeted from the building after having escaped the bomb, yes. he cut his arm. Mm. Yes. He was injured. They landed him to a fountain. But yeah, he they did, did. did yeah. mention, and also you saw the bruising. Mm. He got bruised on his ribs, yeah. Mm. Yes. Mm. So while everyone else in the world is invulnerable... Jack suddenly... Isn't. Vulnerable. Yes. Well, mm. he, he immortal. Gives, you're giving the impression he's now mortal again. Yep. The difference is, everybody who's become... Immortal, yeah, doesn't heal. No, like no. Jack, Jack used to heal. Jack, mm-hmm. Jack was always returned to a point just before he died, from one of yes. the best. So yeah. he was all whole and normal. These yes. ones, that's the question I asked: Are they healing at a normal rate? Is Rex mm. would this would this injury have knocked Rex out for six months? Mm-hmm. If you if you could so survive it, if, it I think, if he stays on immortal, will mm. he eventually heal up? Yeah, I think yeah. one of the characters said, I mean, okay, so well, technically he was dead, but it wasn't because the exchange of gases was still going on. Yeah, mm. but do they heal? Do people? That's heal? it. Mm. Yeah, That's we, it. we don't know because well, throughout certainly throughout the whole of the first episode, Rex was still bleeding. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Oh, yeah. That seemed to have stopped. You, yeah. By the second episode, it had stopped because you saw mm. the bandage. Yeah. But you've got to, you've got to hope. Well, I don't know if I'd hope because um, Gwen at the end blows up a helicopter with two people oh, in that, it. That was. Yeah. You've got to wonder how the hell they're going to heal. Yeah. <laughs> don't know. And so it depends how far do you remain conscious? How far will your consciousness last? Do you, does the body has to be virtually vaporized? Pulverized and, de- to die. and destroyed mm. for for the life to leave. You've it. really got to yeah. hope they're unconscious. Those two, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yes, Smart but in the meantime, uh, there's a bit of a wrangle going on between the uh, the guy who was supposed to be executed. Oh yes, mm. yes, and the prison mm. authorities. Yeah, yes. Walter Danes. Mm. Yeah, he's yeah, threatened to he sue them because mm. he can't be executed 
twice. You can't be no. tried twice for the same or punished yeah, or twice double, double for the same yeah. That's offense. It. The, the execution was carried Six, out. Well, the process it was, was allegedly successful. Yeah. Successfully yeah. carried out. It's not as if, as I said, it's not as if the uh, rope broke. Yeah. Or the blade stuck. Yeah. 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 So he's suddenly a free man. Mm, yes. We still don't like him because no. he's not a good sort. No, no, he he is rather oily, mm. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, interesting character though. Mm, yeah, Bill Pullman's doing a great job. It's a hell oh of a yes, food to get Bill Pullman in yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, that's what we were saying when we uh, saw the credits go past. Would the uh, Kai, Kai Owen? Did he uh, ever think he'd be ahead <laughs> of Bill yeah. Pullman in the credits? <laughs> yeah, it's just one line ahead. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> But then a couple of the uh, a couple of the American cast are quite famous. Yes, yeah. yeah Rex used to be on ER. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He was a horrible character. Uh, in in the, I can't remember her name, but the agent in the second episode was from Dollhouse. Yes. The redhead, mm. the the like the Oriental one who. Oh en- yeah, yeah. Ended yeah. up getting her head facing the wrong way around. Ooh, Ooh, that's rather good. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think this is one of the reasons I've thoroughly enjoyed this this first couple of episodes, is the cast are superb. Yeah. As I've said before, a couple of the original Torchwood cast annoyed me to the point of wanting mm. to harm them. <laughs> and they're gone now. And yeah. the people they've replaced them with for this, they're excellent. Mm. We've, we've had... <laughs> I know you don't mm. like Rex. Uh, we've had I'm not some... impressed with any of the new characters, really. Oswald really? Dane is quite good for what he is, but he's not done much yet. Esther seems a bit of a non-character. Rex is just... Unpleasant and you're just a grump. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say there there has been some complaints from some quarters Maybe. about the paints, <laughs> the pacing, and yeah, the, the speed of the thing. Definitely. Well, there again, Children of Earth was what five episodes yes. in a week had to be fast. Yeah. This ha- this has the, um, this the opportunity to take its time, yeah. and I, I didn't find them. I didn't I, find it no. slow paced. Although I've spoken to Jean since, mm. and she agrees with you. She thought the first episode was a bit slow, but I really didn't I, find that. I don't yeah. personally. I didn't find that. I mean, yes, the second episode literally takes place aboard the aircraft, mm. the whole of it. But mm. there are some quite nice dialogue that goes on on during it. Yeah. Especially yeah. with the stewardess, who's definitely Steward. not gay. Steward. Sorry, <laughs> with, with, with the steward, who is definitely not gay. And Gwen, Gwen's yes. mother hen, well, Gwen's dictatorial mother, mother yeah. coming mm. out, yeah. bossing everyone around. And, and, and gradually ripping the plane apart. And to try John to Barrowman doing some good I'm dying acting. acting yes, yeah, yeah <laughs> go, going very pale. Yes, yeah, I'm sorry, she's going rather blue. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and... Uh, Again, I don't have a problem with the first episode because you had all that the the helicopter crash, the uh, the, the one the of the baby best thing, the baby the earmuffs in the earmuffs <laughs> sticking out the window while she's blazing away at the gun, the baby <laughs> grinning its head off. There, there was there was a line in I think SFX spoiler phobes or whatever that is either these are alien earmuffs that deaden all sound possible that was stolen from the Torchwood archive, or. Or the baby is remembering what it was like in the womb with all the loud explosions <laughs> and all the chaos going on around it. But that was a, that was a beautiful shot, just sort of mm. firing the the rocket through the building. Yeah. Mm. Out the other side. It's a little fake to me. It's only about to look fake. I don't know why. Oh, you're not in a good mood, are you? <laughs> you're the anti-Torchwood. Yeah. We haven't we haven't talked about it for the moment, but I have to say I did. So far, I have preferred the three tortured audios that came out oh, yes. just before yeah. episode one to the first two episodes I've seen of Miracle Day. But I haven't heard the audios. Well, as I said, I think 
personally, I think it's the fact that this this one, because it's ten episodes, one story, it's being given more room to breathe. Yeah. Mm, it's a slow burner. And yeah. the, the first episode, you have to set the scene for yeah. people who may not have seen it before. Yeah. I don't know how successful it would have been, though. It just seemed so slow. I'm not sure if people would stick with it. We'll see, I suppose. Yeah. Well, as I said, there is, there is enough to intrigue me. There's, uh, well, we know torture. We? No, well, it's, it's not only that. It's who has sent the message across the world, the initial torture message, yep. the head of the CIA, who's on the other end of that, that phone, phone with the spinning yeah. triangle. OK, we're yeah. getting into the episode two here. But, yeah, uh, I mean, the, no, there, there, there are, there's certain hooks there that is intriguing me enough. It's not the fact that it's tortured, it's the fact that the story is intriguing. But there's, there's relatively few of those for the amount, for two hours, I would say. Um, no, I, I really disagree. I think, mm. I think they've paced it wonderfully. Yeah, I, I mean, th- th- one of the characters who seems to be just a, an annoying incidental character, I think she's behind the whole thing. Yeah, the, the woman is in the, red. Um, is, yeah, it's the woman in red who um, yeah. started off being, uh, what was Entertainment it? Entertainment um, PR yeah, for a, a representative. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden she's selling people drugs. Yeah, well, she's, she's now, a PR. Yeah. She's now, yeah, but now she seems to have a finger drums. in many a pie. Yeah. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if we get to the end of it and discover she is in some way behind it. Well, moving on to her quickly then, we're skipping ahead a bit. But, uh, <laughs> she does remind me of kind of Faustian character where yeah. she's trying to give her business card. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you take it, you've then, sold your soul to yeah. it. Yeah. So mm. th- th- she was insistent. She does, yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. She does seem to be representation of the devil. Yeah. Yeah, Oswald mm. representing, yeah, representing the devil. But, but the, the doctor... She didn't. She took it, yeah. So she's presumably now tainted in some way mm. by whatever she is. But also, the, the, the storyline itself does, how can I put, shine a light on how much society is living on that edge, mm-hmm. you know, with the amount of population. Oh, you yeah. just mm. need to up the population slightly and the whole thing is beginning to crumble. Oh, good grief, mm-hmm. yeah. There's a lot of interesting questions about what will happen to people as they get older. and yeah. Then in episode two, it starts talking about everybody becoming incubators for every disease known to yeah. man because they won't die. Mm. Yeah. They don't necessarily get better from them. They're just, they're just yeah. getting sicker. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it goes back to the old adage. I mean, sort of um, humanity is only three meals away from uh, chaos. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they I mean that's four months. Mm. Uh, was it about twenty, thirty years ago? If the world population was gathered in one place, they'd be standing on Zanzibar. The entire country of Zanzibar would be sort of covered with people standing shoulder mm. to shoulder. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, I think it's a small, it's it's a smaller country now. I you know, forget which one, which one it is. Yeah, but I mean that goes to show how quickly the world's population is growing. Because what is now about, about six point one billion? Yeah, something, something like that. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Seven now. Mm, yeah, yeah. seven billion. But the idea of people just getting sicker and sicker and not dying fa- paints a very depressing mm. future. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. yeah. so, the first time you've got a story where death is going to be welcome yeah. be a relief mm. yeah. especially for the poor sods in the helicopter <laughs> <laughs> RTD does seem to be obsessed with death doesn't he to one way or another yes he created Captain Jack as a mortal mm. then he started killing all the tortured people including the Captain Jack's grandson yeah yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> Hmm. Forever in all in all his torture and stuff, so it's all about death. Well, you also you way. also got that slightly through the he, who reign. One of them will die. Well, yeah. well, not, not, not only that, it's the representation of the Doctor. He goes on, but his friends all die. He's the lonely angel. Yeah, there's a mm. depressive quality to yes. young RTD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Got to hope there's someone out there who gives him a cuddle occasionally. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there, there. Just <laughs> But um, also, it's uh, the psychological factor because up and coming, saw in the trailer, the uh, people wearing the, oh, the, the masks. Yes, the, the soulless. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Drop masks. Yeah. Mm. yeah. This is a wild supposition. This is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, go I've... on, sup me, sup me. Pardon. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's some sort of extraterrestrial experiment to see how humanity will fare with a, su- a sudden population uh, explosion. Mm. So Mrs. Red, Red Lipstick, you think, is an alien? Well, not Mrs. Red Lipstick. Or no. she's working she, for the she, aliens. Yeah, she, she may be human, but she, she's representing... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I get the feeling Possibly. she's going to turn out to be like um, the nanny from the Adipose <laughs> episode. Yeah. Possibly, mm-hmm. maybe. Mrs. Yeah. Foster. Well, I think it does amaze me so far in Torchwood is none of the characters on the news and what have you have really attributed this to anything. They've not all gone around and say it's God mm. or yeah. it's aliens, or which I'd be very surprised if that was like well, in you, real life. I think everybody, all the religious people will start praising yeah. God, mm. all the uh, conspiracy theorists will think it's a government. Mm, government, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, perhaps that's to well, come. You, you, haven't maybe. Seen, yeah. so you haven't seen the Fox Network version yeah. of yeah, it. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> so. Maybe it is to come, but they're, again, they're a bit slow about bringing that up. But that would come up pretty quick, I think. In real yeah, but life. there again, you've got to remember the whole second episode was pretty much based Isolated. on nine hours on a plane. Yeah. So yeah, it's obviously not quite real time like Twenty Four. No, no, but it's but mm. it's of that vein, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the, the yeah the events are taking place some cases simultaneously or within a, a couple of hours of each other. Best effect of the second episode had to be the um, death becomes her twisting of the head. Oh, all the way around. God, yeah, <laughs> yes. Extremely funny. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, not for the person not who had the her person, head twisted yeah. round. Mm, for the so fact that she'd gone up and trying to walk backwards. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I presume she'd be, uh, have her head turned around back the to right way. Lift but it and mm-hmm. Might be a bit uh, neck wobbly. wobbly. Yeah. <laughs> Big neck brace. Mm. <laughs> so, um, so oh, summing up so far. What what are your thoughts on it so far? Thoroughly enjoying it. I don't think it's slowly paced at all. Um, I think we'll find by the end of it that it's been nicely plotted out. Third episodes, I think it's going to have to have a bit more action in it to keep Mm. people hooked. But no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing the rest of it. No, so welcome return for, yeah, for uh, Torchwood after the events of uh, Children of Earth. That's I mean, I think the series is very well paced actually, and um, I'm just I'm just eager to see what happens. Yeah, I've got to agree. I think it's a slow burner, and they're going to be cranking it up as they go along. Mm. I think they need to. I think it is too slow for me. It's too slow at the moment. Mm. I think the Bill Pullman character. I mean, sort of, he's going to be sort of very heavily involved in. Any he's going to turn mm. out to be some sort. This is where your religious side's going to come in. He's going to turn he's out to be s- some sort of messiah some, figure, yes, some bloody messiah. Yeah. He, he is apparently credited as being the first person to survive. So yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe that gives him some position, of power. Mm. Especially with the help of Lipstick Lady. Mm. I have to quickly say about the episode two, well, that conspiracy mm-hmm. stuff with the CIA is getting old fast, and that's going to be a fairly major part of what's going on, I think. So obviously the CIA head of yeah. the section is in league with somebody. Mm. Tri- triangle person. He's been trying to wipe out all knowledge of torture. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the woman had his head, her head turned around. He was told to take out Jack. He's yeah. well ahead of events. Yeah. So, wondering if he is completely human as well, or and if he is, has he completely sold out to the aliens? If there are aliens, there are aliens yeah. Yeah. where have I seen him before? Tennis. 
Newman. Oh, Third Rock from the Sun third, third, and Jurassic Park. Third Rock and Jurassic Park. No, yeah. Seinfeld. He's Newman. Oh. I've never watched Seinfeld. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you had seen him somewhere. weekends ago, many of the Staggering Stories team were lucky enough to be among that elite group of just four and a half billion other people (laughs) who went to the London Film and Comic Con. And El Presidente didn't get arrested despite laying his clammy, sticky paws on Karen Gillan. <laughs> it was close. <laughs> it was close. There were bounces there. Yes. Yeah, and the second Big picture bounces. he had taken, she looks extremely wary. Mm. But she then he was making head. her hold the head of Percy. Yeah. <laughs> he was smiling. He the was, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, considering where he was. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Um, ah, it was cracking, wasn't it? It was fun. It was it lovely was to see so many people there. Yeah, it, oh, it, so many people. At one point, so it was heaving literally yeah. you couldn't get down some oh, of the aisles because there's too many people down mm. there far too busy but swathe of guests yep. Mm. Yep. ridiculous i was ridiculously pleased to see buck rogers oh, I was gonna th- <laughs> what, yeah. what talks did we actually managed yep. to sit in on we saw gil gerrard yes. and erin gray yep. from buck must, rogers he must be knocking on a bit we saw yes. karen gillen yep. of course mm-hmm. yep. we saw mark shepherd who is positively oh. the coolest man on the planet <laughs> his his talk was great it wasn't Really talk it was more just a straight question a and answer session yeah. you just wander around the audience really, chatting wasn't yeah, yeah. Uh, like sylvester. sylvester mccoy and sophie aldridge yep. yeah. again sylvester was another one who didn't stay say sitting down on the stage he was up and down he, he, was. he was actually passing the microphone to people i yeah. feel a bit sorry for sophie because she didn't she got left no yeah, he, got he left went and stage. dragged her off stage oh. at Eventually. one point not realizing yeah. her microphone was actually attached <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ping. Yeah. Yep. um who else was there there was brent spiner yep. walter kane <laughs> Who we missed? Where were we? I think we were doing something about Super Mario at that point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, there was a queue. Uh, probably. He, yeah. he was. He was in the, either a photograph queue or an autograph queue. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Hot, sweaty hands. <laughs> God. And there was a how to build your own R two D two. Oh God! Yes. <laughs> yes. They had. A, they had a remote control R two mm-hmm. trundling around. Mm-hmm. Matt Irvin was there as yes. well with K nine. Yes. Yes. John Leeson with K nine too. John Leeson was there. Yeah, he was there. Oh, I didn't see you him. You can get photos done with him and K nine. Oh damn! Yourself. Missed him. You had God Christopher Lambert. Christopher, Christopher Lambert. Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Who you could pose for photographs with, with the DeLorean on the Sunday. <laughs> on the, yeah. on the yeah. Sunday. Saturday. Alex Kingston was also there on the Sunday. It's a shame I'd have liked to have yes. seen her. Yeah. Apparently she was very good. Oh, yeah. cool. There was lots and lots of merchandise. Oh, God. I, I had to leave my wallet mm. at home. That was for the best. <laughs> it, it, it would have been horrific. Yeah. And the queue to get in. We had early oh, bird dear. specials, yes. which means you get in before everyone else. Yes. And the queue doubled back around the entire building at Earl's Court. Yeah, this is, it uh, doubled yeah, this back is on Earl's itself Earl's about Earl's three Court. times. Yes. It was Massive. This is, it, was this is, it was Olympia 2 at Earl's Court, so that's a big mm. place. But once it got moving, it moved pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Mm. But yeah. also, makes my little geek heart flutter, is the <laughs> amount of people that were there in various costumes. And with yeah. their children well, also with the in children. costumes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But we Saw had... the cutest little 10th doctor, 11th doctor, 11th sorry. Doctor, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Couldn't have been more than, what, five years old? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, I think, somewhere, I own nine, him, but yeah. somewhere online there's a photograph of Karen Gillen with a very small 11th doctor. Yeah, that was him <laughs> with the, uh, his bow tie and braces were actually somehow attached 
attached to his top. Yeah. 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 It's to yeah. stop the little sod losing him. <laughs> yeah, you can send Cam leaning over him. Crouch down, yeah. You're so jealous of him. <laughs> <laughs> Next year, go in on your knees. <laughs> oh, that just raises too many problems. Next year, go in as Amy again. Mm. <laughs> oh, as Amelia. Yeah, sorry, Amelia. Yeah. I'm sorry, but then she would call security. <laughs> yeah. She probably should. Yeah. 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 But no, it was a, 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 a number... Two construct went with us, didn't he? He did. We kind of lost him we because did. We did. he ended up embroiled in the great Super Mario contest of 2011. Yes. And was very chuffed to reach the quarterfinals. Yeah. He only got knocked out by a member of staff. Yeah. yeah. He thought that was cheating. <laughs> but yeah, a thoroughly good time. Yeah. Lots of people that we knew there. But yes. Most of them we didn't actually meet off for not very long anyway. No, no we, so many we, people on Facebook saying, people. sorry, we missed you. Yeah. yeah. But considering, as I said, there were five and a half billion people so, there. It was so hard to <laughs> yeah. find anybody. It was so hot. Yeah. 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 It was probably it was the it. only day this summer that it didn't rain. <laughs> or it didn't rain in Earl's Court mm. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't notice. It was big enough to have its own weather system, though. It certainly was. Yeah. So, so yeah. good. And uh, I got to meet Karen Gillan. Yeah. 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 Multiple times. times. Three times. Yes. Three times. Uh, he got mm. her autograph as uh, well. Oh, yes. Well, four times if you count the talk. Loved the talk, though. First question for Karen Gillan was from an American lady at the back who said, oh, oh, yeah. I've knitted you something. Could I let you give, could I give it to you? And she and Karen Gillan went, yeah, yeah, of course you can. Woohoo. And <laughs> ran down off stage. Thank you. That's lovely. Quick hug. Off you go. Mm-hmm. Next person. And if El Presidente had had his wits about him, <laughs> yeah. this would have been him. Yeah. Put their hand up and said, hi, can I give you a hug? And Karen Gillan went, yeah, of course you can give me a hug, ran down. <laughs> At that point, you could see all the men in the audience and quite a few of the women going, getting ready to put their hands up to say, could I have a hug as well? But the compare was a spoil sport and said there was to be no more coming down the front. We should have had, we should have organised a group hug with all 500 people. And then when we all broke up and she was missing, they would have had to search El Presidente's rucksack as he shoved her in it. It's one leg sticking out, this muffled shouting <laughs> although there is something in the car on the way here yeah. there's definitely Bang. something rattling about Bang. in his boots mm. well she's quite bony I can... <laughs> and on that note <laughs> yeah. that's going to be the catchphrase for this podcast she, yeah, the title for this podcast she's she is quite, quite bony, bony. <laughs> <laughs> You've been writing to us again, you lucky, lucky, you lucky. lovely, 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 lovely people. Lovely people. people. Just you, me, box of chocolates, maybe champagne. Stop we can it. Go for a film, a meal. Sorry. We've heard from Martin. Hello, Hello Martin. Martin. Martin says. Is he from V? He might be, but I don't think it's the same Martin. No. Want to hear a heartbreaking story? Oh. oh. I was in the UK over New Year, and of course we had to go to Cardiff while we were over there. Loved Cardiff, by the way. Reminded me very much of Adelaide, because it's so laid-back and non-pretentious. Any listeners from (laughs) Australia who do not live in Adelaide will be groaning right now, because it has a reputation of being a bit backwards and simple. Which, from what I gather from being in the UK and also some UK TV programmes, so does Cardiff. But anyway, we arrived on the 5th of January. We were staying in a hotel across the road from Cardiff Castle, a very nice hotel. We thought we would hold off visiting Cardiff Castle until the next day because we thought, hey, we'll have some more time to see it. So the next day we went to visit. Stay with me here. 
I know if this was Graham Norton, he would have pulled the lever by now, but this is going somewhere. We were at the castle on the 6th of January. There was a tent in the grounds, which we thought was a bit weird. And as we were walking down one of the long hallways, there were some wooden supports that we assumed were part of some refurbishment. We didn't think anything more of it. Enjoyed the rest of our holiday. Went home. Several months later, when watching the confidentials for the rebel flesh and the almost people, we saw that some of it was filmed in Cardiff Castle. And of course we had a frame of reference. And then in the confidential we saw Matt Smith, Miss Knobnacker or whatever you call her, (laughs) and Arthur Darville sitting in the tent we had seen. Also the wooden structures down the hallway we had seen were the remains of the set. Then we went online to find some websites that catalogued the filming days to discover that they had filmed in Cardiff <laughs> Castle on January the 5th. There, there. The very next day that we had decided not to go because we wanted more time to really see it, when we were staying just across the road. <laughs> As you can imagine, there was a fair amount of expletives uttered. <laughs> yep. Oh dear. Oh dear. And that's the end of the, the heartbreak bit. There, there. Here are some random thoughts. Oh, yeah. Okay. A TARDIS would be really handy when you're moving house. Just park it in the old house, load it up, and materialise in the new house and unload it. We'd need a house, though. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you had a TARDIS. The canine series gives Australia a bad name. <laughs> we can do better dramas than that. Neighbours. <laughs> Home and away. Um, Cell Block H. Is Hollyoaks Australian? No. No. Okay. No. I saw a toy TARDIS in the background of a recent episode of Neighbours. Really? (laughs) The Eiffel Tower has an exhibition about how it has appeared in various films and TV shows, but City of Death is not mentioned! Surely BBC Worldwide is missing a trick there. Keep up the great podcast. Have a nice day. Martin. Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Martin. (laughs) You didn't get to see... Don't mock. Don't mock. We saw Karen Gillan. You didn't. I touched her. Uh, <laughs> Did you have to say it like that? <laughs> you touched her. I touched her. In a bad place. <laughs> it was a bad place. It was a sort of tented off area, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have one here from Oh Captain, my Captain. Hello, Hello oh, Captain, Captain, my, my Captain. captain. It says. Carpadium! <laughs> Hello there, team, and the one who sounds like Miranda Hart. Not sure which one that's really. <laughs> yeah, I'm that's, worried that's now. That's Keith. No, Me? It's you. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just oh. a quick thought. How does Riversong travel? How did she get onto Demon's Run? And how will she get Amy and Rory home? Is Riversong still meeting the Doctor backwards, backwards in time? Maybe. Because it seems that in A Good Man, she meets him out of order. She does. Mm-hmm. Is Rory the good man who River kills? Uh, we said yes. Yes. Why does Rory keep on dying? Because <laughs> he can. Because <laughs> he's a badass. He's Kenny. <laughs> Silence didn't fall. Rory tripped it. <laughs> Does the universe know that he's an anomaly? <laughs> he's a what? Anomaly. <laughs> Say again. <laughs> he's out of place. <laughs> and that yeah, and that he should really not exist? Why did the Silence want to destroy the TARDIS? Mm. And surely when Rory died in Black Spot and Amy saved him in the TARDIS, the Doctor knew that Amy was a copy. So perhaps the Doctor telepathically told the TARDIS to hold off, saving Rory to see what copy Amy would do, <laughs> knowing Gosh. that the TARDIS would save him no matter what happened. Oh, maybe. Hope this finds you all well. Oh, Captain. My Captain. <laughs> thank you, and thank you, thank you for keeping it brief. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of keeping it brief... <sighs> we've heard 
Let me just flick through the pages to find out who we've heard from. 97, 98. Oh, it's Mr. M. <laughs> Hello, Hello, Mr. Mr. M. He says... Hello, team. Hello. This is going to be a long one, I know. (laughs) I don't expect you to read the whole thing out, so here is a quick overview of what's coming up. Misfits Series 1, the Harry Potter books, the Harry Potter films, plus a few other things. Okay. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Book. The shortest book of the series and a very good read. Introducing characters and concepts from across all seven books neatly slipped in. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. The film is even better. Scary, brilliant, long. What is a good thing I like watching? All three Lord of the Rings films in one go, every now and then. Don't give me an hour and a half. Give me six. The following day. And now Misfits. (laughs) Episode one. So superpowers and asbos. Good mix of stuff there. I like this episode. I was a bit freaked out about the probation worker. Eight out of ten. Episode two. So granny banging. This episode wasn't as good as the first, but it had boobs. So seven out of ten. Phew, this is long. I'm going now. I guess I will review Torchwood's uh, Children of Earth, the theme, new radio plays, and Miracle Day, episode one, along with Deathly Hallows, part two, next week. If this is anywhere near as long as this, then God help you all. Tired after writing a whole hour straight, Mr. M. P.S. Here is a link to a YouTube video. We'll put the link on the uh, site. Mm -hmm. Not sci-fi, but it's great. P.P.P.S. Is it stuck in your head yet? Thank you, Mr. M. (laughs) Thank you. Twelve hours at work, (laughs) and then I come here, and you write to us. We love you. (laughs) It'll all be on the blog. (laughs) It will be. Uh, Keith? (laughs) Uh, Oh, sorry. Did Um, you miss it? I'll read it again. (laughs) (laughs) We have a letter here from, I think... Either Andy Nunny mm-hmm. right. or Andy Ninny oh, okay. will be revealed. Okay. Hello, Andy. Hello, Andy. Hello. Evening, all. Evening. Well, Evening. I do feel a little bit miffed. Uh-oh. I think I must be the only person at the picnic not mentioned by name. Oh. Am I that unforgettable? Oh, I knew we'd forgotten someone. Unforgettable. <laughs> Sorry, what's your name again? <laughs> I know I am only small and very quiet, oh. but surely I am noticeable. Unforgettable. That's what Perhaps because I was talking football and drinking alcohol with little Pete. You were talking football and you didn't call me? Sorry. Not so much you now, then. Anyway, <laughs> feedback. Story arc seasons only work with a certain length of season. Mm. Although the key to time was only six stories, you are correct in that having the first and last episodes being only the arc episodes allowed free reign for the others. Yeah. Within a 50 or two 50-minute stories, there is not this freedom or scope to develop. The arc needs to bring the plot in and then close it off. Bad Wolf worked because it did this by only being mentioned occasionally early on in the season, then coming more to the fore at the end when the characters had settled down. Mm. Anyway, to close, 
a near accident. I was listening this morning in the gym and was heading back for a shower and a change when I was distracted by the comparison between tablets and bezels. Uh I looked up, I was about to open the door to the changing room. The ladies changing (laughs) Good excuse. (laughs) I'm sorry, the bezels have distracted me. (laughs) Quick shift into reverse. Anyway, looking forward to Nelson next time around. Andy Ninny. P.S. F.K.G. Exclamation mark. Asterisk. King Spellchecker. Who is Andy Ninny? <laughs> Andy Nunny. Well, you, you knew that. your own name wrong. <laughs> oh. I think the Spellchecker interceded. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. We're yeah. sorry we forgot to mention you. That, that's their fault. Not I knew mm. you was there, and I wanted to mention you, but I got edited out. But he they forgets t- they, his own name sometimes. They, they turn round and say, No! We do not have enough time. Cut that name now. That's what they said to me. And I have no control over the editing, so I had to comply. (laughs) Have you finished? Yes. Next time we get the opportunity to dob you in, we'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Any more feedback? Yep, we have one here from Reese. Hi, Reese. Oh, Reese. It's got a long one. What did we say about you saying yo all the time? I only say it to Reese. No, you you say it to everyone. Reese isn't special. (laughs) He is to me. Yes, he is. (laughs) Dear team, the head of Pertwee, cardboard, plastic, photographic Amy. (laughs) By photographic, I mean pitch Adam had taken, without any troubles, I hope, (laughs) with the lovely Karen. Before I start, I must apologise for missing the deadline for your previous 18th edited episode. That's no problem. I was on holiday in New Zealand. Is that where all the neighbours people go to die? No, that's Brisbane. Mm, Yeah, or Wellington. (laughs) Oh, you know you're in trouble if you go to Wellington. Mm. Plane's probably going to crash and everything. Oh, dear. It's like when they sent Ricky to Manchester. Never thought we were going to see him again. (laughs) Sorry, carry on. And I'm not even sure if I managed to get this into you. If not, then you have a big amount of feedback from me in the episode coming up as I catch up. So I must congratulate Fake Keith for editing that episode. I've done it before. I've noticed there weren't (laughs) as many rude Adam jokes. (laughs) I do dread what's going to be in this episode after his little picture. (laughs) She is ruthless. You chopped out the entire thing about uh, Hooverville. We must plug Hooverville this time. Yes, there was a reason for that. There was a reason. (laughs) You! (laughs) Me? There there was a reason. It's because nobody actually started the conversation. It kind of waffled and then we cut back and then it was oh no we needed to say this and none of it made sense (laughs) so i cut it (laughs) very wise but now to podcast topics yay story arcs oh this is a very good topic for discussion and as with everything it is all down to personal opinion Mm -hmm. some people adam real keith by sounds of it prefer tightly interwined (laughs) well-written story arcs (laughs) such as season five of new who not so much with season six as has been discussed or from what i've heard babylon five yes others may prefer not so tightly written story arcs such as the bad wolf no wolf like that brilliant (laughs) podcast season arc whereas other people such as myself don't really care. <laughs> I like theorising and trying to figure things out, but it doesn't bother me if there is one or not. But I do like the fact that many fans live off that sort of thing. Back to season six of Doctor Who. I find it hard to come up with an opinion of this season. It seems a bit too shambolic. <laughs> good word. But we have the brilliance of the Doctor's wife and a good man's ghost to war. Mm-hmm. But then we have the first and second two-parters... The second one was more enjoyable for me, though. 
I really don't like the first two-parter, or maybe just the first episode. Impossible Astronaut does seem to be the BBC trying to get more American viewers of Stephen Moffat do it in an apparently controversial way, or rather it would have been controversial if it hadn't been such a <laughs> cop-out, to achieve what the BBC wanted. A lot of it was Moffat using paradoxes, again, just to tell a rather poor story with convenient scenes in it, i.e. Rory just noticing out of the blue the boating they needed, just as they needed it, where they needed it. <laughs> Sorry for that cynical rant. Yeah, I just really don't like it after rewatching it. I agree with Gene that the season has affected the story, not so much with the others, but that one just seemed to be Moffat saying, look at what we've got, this is big, this is cool, your love trying to figure it out. Now to story arcs in general, sci-fi. I haven't seen many convincing story arcs in shows, but I have heard about Babylon 5 story arcs, as we all know. But I think one of the best shows for a mix of well-written yet loosely done story arcs is... Can anyone guess? I've got a feeling. Go on. Stargate Universe? Actually, Stargate SG-1. The show started off with three seasons really well thought out and planned, with a cliffhanger leading from season one into two, I think. It's been a while since I've seen them. Yes. Yeah. And it's the same with season three. I started introducing newer, not-so-planned-out elements of season four, which then carried on into several other seasons after. I think one of the best things, interestingly, is that Stargate has, for most of his life, been in danger of being cancelled. So every season yeah. they tied up as many plot threads as they could by the end of the season. They started doing this after season five, which I do believe is when they went from Showtime, as it was then, to Sci-Fi Channel. And then got renewed yearly, not getting two years every time they were renewed. Now, when I say tying the plot threads, I didn't mean at the end of the season, I mean by. Yeah. This is easily done for them because it was an American, nope, sorry, Canadian show, and there's 22 episodes <laughs> a season, unlike who. I do prefer that. It flows better for a show. I think, yeah. So, Adam, that's another reason why it may be worth, if you find the time, <laughs> watching a bit more of that complete Stargate SG-1 box set you have. I understand you can't find the time, what with having to edit the podcast, work, and other great shows such as Torchwood being on TV. Speaking of Torchwood, I thought the first episode of Miracle Day was fantastically superb. Well said. Yes. <laughs> I do have to say that to those of you in Britain complaining about the BBC broadcasting it after the US, Canada and Australia, the massage that we Doctor Who fans have been receiving from you <laughs> over the long, for a long time now. Deal with it. <laughs> I understand that you have the licence fee... <laughs> But it's only a week after us, so I'm sure you can cope or download it. I mean, move to America and watch it. <laughs> anyway, my thoughts. The first episode was definitely a setup episode mm. and an introduction to new viewers. But I think it's living up to the high standards of Children of Earth. By high standards, I mean high standards in writing, acting, production and music. Murray is a hero. <laughs> Certainly yeah. is. I do have to admit, when I saw by Russell T Davies, I had a happy smile on my face. <laughs> I missed him. Aww. I think that some people have been a bit too defensive about it being too American. I don't think no, so. No, no, I didn't think it was. I don't think so. As Kai Owen said in an interview, it's fairly American. Yeah. There are well, American be- accents, yeah. places, and actors. There's also even him, yeah. both being Welsh. There's always been Barrowman <laughs> with his American accent. And I do trust Russell that they will have the quirky moments that most British shows have. There's only one episode. People have been too picky, I think. Now, after that long, longer than normal email, I will leave you for now. Goodbye, Reese. Thanks, Reese. Thank you, Reese. Thank you, Reese. I think Reese is, is right. American with a huge dollop of Cardiff chucked yeah. in. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, was that line? If you're the best England's got, then God help no, you. It, it, I'm Welsh. Whack, whack. <laughs> I have to say, you know, it's an American drama when they go into an American ER. Yeah. Mm. Every American drama has, has something a... set 
in an in ER. Hospital. Like the Doctor Who movie. I had to do yeah. in America. Yeah. ER, it's American. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I've, I've got no problem there because half of it is set in America. So, of course, it's going to be Americanized. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, as I said, I loved the first episode with bits in Wales and, and the cottage. and I thought that stuff was. Overdone. I think they should they should have cut down that koshy stuff. But no. you, know, you know, I thought it's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. Yep. A grumpy face. Yeah. <laughs> a grumpy face. <laughs> we have another one here from Oh Captain, my Captain. Oh, hello, Oh, oh Captain, Captain, my Captain. My Captain. <laughs> Don't seduce Oh Captain, my Captain. He's a big hairy Scotsman. <laughs> It says, hi, team, and various soiled and sticky Amy's. <laughs> In your discussion about story arcs, I was thinking that what if Doctor Who is not viewed as a series by the production team, but as a serial with one episode flowing into the next? Mm. Then we, we would not be viewing a story arc, no. which would have to be fitted, slotted into various episodes as such, but one story broken down into episodes. Mm. That could be why this year, if you miss an episode then you have missed chapter of the story. Maybe. Also, about this not knowing when the next series will be broadcast, nah. perhaps this is nothing more than a budget reason. Okay. Say the budget for the next 14 episodes is taken from the 2011-2012 tax year, and Moffat knows what he wants to do for the 2013 series 50th bash, mm -hmm. and has already budgeted, costed it, and that the special series would require extensive SFX, which would mean that the budget would be eaten up so that they would, they would only afford 10 episodes instead of 13 or 14, then surely the BBC, knowing that it is the 50th year and it wants a big bash, would not uh, want only 10 episodes. But then it makes sense to make but hold over, say, six episodes from the 2011-2012 tax year and have them shown in 2013, thus making the 2013 series 16 episodes long, thus making it seem like they have spent big money for the 50th year. Hope that makes sense. Regards, O oh, Captain, my Captain. It's, mm. a, it's a distinct possibility. I have thought mm. this before. Yeah. I haven't even mentioned it, actually. Yeah, yeah I, I do suspect there is some uh, licence fee year. Yeah. Well, well, we have postulated various theories, like it would put it back to the winter, so the, the draw, not, evenings are drawing in. Yeah. If so, then the actual 50th episode would go out on a Saturday night. It's close to November the 23rd. Close to, yeah, it close is to a Saturday. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, close oh, it to is November a Saturday. The 23rd yeah. is possible. That'd be so cool. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's possible. I mean, I'm not yeah. necessarily criticising this move. I don't know yet. We'll wait and see. That's it. That's it. As for the uh, season being one big story, Serial. in a way, but it does, he's, he's still doling out the yeah. individual stories. It does seem to be sliding that way. It does. More so can... now with, more so on, on under Moffat's watch than it did under Davis's watch. Yeah. But you can still watch them individually. Yeah. You mm. could go and watch The Doctor's Wife on its own and don't have to worry about yeah. the arc. Same with any of them, really. Anyway. Any more feedback? We have one here from Misha. Hello, Misha. Who we managed to entirely miss at London Film and Comic Con. We looked for you. I looked for you. I wandered up those aisles. Will you stop creeping? Describe Misha. Exactly. Human. You sure about that? Hair. You sure about that? Hello, Staggering Stories team. Hello. Hello. Inanimate beans. I'll try to keep this brief, but I apologise in advance for the long names. Ooh. Crashy on. I got lucky enough to be bought a ticket to go and see Dr. Faustus. Oh! Mm -hmm. The Faustus pronunciation is the correct one. At the Globe. Informed beforehand by a friend who'd seen it where to stand for optimal Darvel. <laughs> we positioned ourselves by Hooray! the ramp to watch the play. 
For those not familiar with either the Globe Theatre or the story, I'll briefly summarise both. The Globe is an Edwardian reconstruction theatre, complete with thatched roof. Mm-hmm. So they had to get special permission for it's been outlawed since the Great Fire. 1666. Being as close to the original as possible, they use Edwardian-style costumes and techniques. No microphones or comfy seats here. Yep. There's also the standing area in the pit for peasants like myself <laughs> is not covered over. We saw the play in a storm. Oh, oh brilliant. Oh. Dr. Faustus, as described to me by a friend I went with, is a play in which a man sells his soul to the devil and S-H-I-T goes down. <laughs> the family friend description would be, man sells soul to devil, he and lesser devil get up to tricks, he dies. <laughs> Anyway, as I mentioned earlier, his veracity threw it down with rain, thunder, hailed. There was even some lightning as well as sun throughout the duration <laughs> of the play. Darvel was the only one to remain completely in character throughout, although he does spend a large chunks of the play watching solemnly from a corner. This did, however, add to the play at various points, as a character is discussing sorcery and heavy rainstorm starting <laughs> just as seven deadly sins writhe around the stage in what can really only be described as an orgy. <laughs> However, I didn't dry out until about 10 that evening. So if you do go to see it in bad weather, be prepared for it. The various pyrotechnics and other effects are lovely and very clever, including one where Mistopheles conjures fire in his hands. That was particularly impressive. Costuming 2 was excellent. I am full of praise for Arthur Darvel in flowery leggings and a cape <laughs> with a tiny evil curl of hair on his forehead. Faust's various costumes are lovely too. Lots of heavily embroidered materials and fur. The acting, too, was excellent. Only on rare occasions did I see Mistopheles as Rory rather than the devil. <laughs> Mostly he was sitting out in the rain looking mournful. Yes, you do. Mostly I struggled not to giggle with joy from Mistopheles and Faustus messing around. Although my defence, at one point, they link arms and skip up the stage. <laughs> okay. If nothing else, it's worth seeing for the end song alone with the tiny dancing devils and Mistopheles and Faustus singing and playing a lute in a fairly rock and roll fashion. Mm. Anyway, to conclude, good, uh, go see it and wear a coat. <laughs> oh, and Arthur's character doesn't die. Oh. Lots of love. Misha. Thank, thank you, Misha. Thank you, Misha. Thank you. We've got seats this time, we've got haven't seats. we? Yeah, we're, we're, so hopefully we should avoid too well, much of the rain. I'm, I've been have to keep hold of you just in case you leap out at them to try to get to the stage. Yeah. yeah. Rory's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Is that all? We have a bit of audio feedback here. Who's okay. this from? I think it's from Tim. Tim Drury, here we are. Hello, Timmy. Tim. Hello, team. Hello, Tim. Hello. 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 Cardboard Amy, head of Pertwee, various plastic Amy's. <laughs> Ooh, it's quite a menagerie, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, yeah. uh, Tim here from Tim's Take On. Um, Tim. Thought I'd drop you some feedback, because I haven't done that in an age. Ah, and just generally say hi. Hello. Um, oh. Thank you for hanging out with me at um, the Flashing Blade picnic and... Um, no problem. The uh, London film and... Karen Galan Con. One person did manage to do Yes. Ah, the picnic. <laughs> Such larks. Weather, as I recall, not as good as last year. Last year we had sunshine that we were hiding from under the tree. Yeah, that's true. This year it started off warm, and by the end of the afternoon it was getting a trifle chilly. Oh. But um, fake Keith took great delight in my um, cat piano app on my phone. So, that was um, cool. <laughs> fake Keith, this is for you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. 
Because let's face it, EastEnders has to be mentioned at least once on every episode. <laughs> it does. It does. And don't Most hit her because it's been mentioned. <laughs> and um, well, the uh, London Film and Comic Con mm. crowded, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Must touch. Yeah. Yes. It always amazes me the variety of reactions you get to that event because some people I follow on Twitter are praising the showmasters who put that con on and really? saying how amazing yeah. it was. And the, the consensus amongst us that day was, it's oversubscribed, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit over busy. Yeah. And it's true. It's about the only con I ever go to all year where you actually have to slow down at certain points when getting around the venue because there's just too many people there. Machete helps. <laughs> <laughs> and also this year is a long time. I'm uh, attendee of that con. It's the only time I've actually had to build the whole day around a single guest, really, because hmm, uh, I, did. <laughs> I know you like did. Adam. <laughs> I, actually, I don't know if Adam got Karen Gillan's autograph in the end, but I was I really lucky because uh, I walked in having had an 11 a.m. ticket and thought I will make a beeline for this autograph thingy and pick up a virtual ticket. And I pick it up, picked up a virtual ticket, got ticket number 1,152, and promptly thought, huh, oh, that's late <laughs> afternoon then. Yeah. And a guardian angel nearby, for they do exist, turned to me and said, oh, do you want a ticket for the signing? And promptly took ticket 380 out of his top pocket and gave it to me. Ooh. She was signing tickets one to 380 first thing, so I, mm. I met her, albeit very briefly. Mm. And it must be said they were very much guarding her. She was the only person signing that day that was in a sectioned-off area. <laughs> That's that why she's still in from the Adam? public eye. <laughs> hmm, maybe we'll never know. But um, on the whole, it was an enjoyable event, but it, it's it's kind of organised chaos, that thing. Yeah, it, it, barely organised chaos. It's, it's one of those things that if, it, if any fun goes on, it's usually because you've met people you know, not because the con itself is some amazing entertaining yeah. thing it's just a a bit of a means to an end sometimes that con mm. anyway i notice everyone else has been dropping you a line with their thoughts on season 6a so i thought i'd oh yeah, yeah. i'd join the throng okay later me having such a rubbish boy. memory i'm now sitting Pink here with boy. my ipod in front of me and a list of the episodes <laughs> uh possible astronaut this was my favorite moffat episode of the season mm. hmm. loved impossible astronaut thought it was rather good loved all the sort of 60s stuff some great sort of mystery stuff going on and um canton was a brilliant guest character yeah. who let's face it they could have as a recurring character for years now if they found a, <laughs> yeah. a way of incorporating him Why not yeah day of the moon i liked but I found it confusing because <laughs> it had a bit too much of um, Moffat's trademark non-linear storytelling that's yeah. starting to annoy me a little bit. <laughs> Curse of the Black Spot, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> was a bit of a hmm, wasn't it? Good guest cast. Yeah. Hmm? Story not overly memorable. Is story? <laughs> nice fight scene from Amy. There you go. That's oh, the yeah. shortest review ever of it. <laughs> Doctor's Wife, loved it. Although uh, I, f I found it an odd piece, I found it sort of slightly mysterious and confusing, but at the same time wonderful and beautiful, and clearly written by the biggest fan of the show yet to write since the show came back. Yeah. Um, mm. Neil Gaiman, please write another one for us. Yeah. <laughs> Rebel Flesh Almost People, my favourite two-parter of the series. Mm. Although, like Impossible Astronaut, Day of the Moon suffered from two-parter syndrome, as I call it, where... 
one episode is noticeably better than the other. And I loved the rebel mm. flesh. And then I watched the almost people the following week, and it was a bit one of those looking at your watch things. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I thought there's a lot of running around in this episode, and none of it seemed to progress the plot. The first episode seemed better plotted than the second. Mm. And then we suddenly came to an end all of a sudden with Good Man Goes to War, which I can't say I loved. I thought it was a bit of a mixed bag. Mm. Great characters. Nice use of the Cybermen, but a bit too underused, quite frankly. And some nice stuff in it, but I thought the actual revelation of who River was was a bit of an anticlimax after everything, really. Plus, I think the trouble is it's been so long that we've been speculating as to um, who she is that many a fan, including me, have come up with kind of like ideals as to who you'd love her to be, like the <laughs> Rani or Romana or something. I, I personally would have preferred her to be Romana and it to be something that's directly connected to the Doctor's past, particularly with the 50th anniversary coming up. Hmm. But, I mean, her being Amy's daughter makes sense in uh, Moffat's non-linear world, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> hmm. Lots it's going to be an interesting second mm. half to the season. Yes, uh, hopefully better. To briefly comment on what's to come, I have to admit, my jaw dropped when the words, let's kill Hitler, appeared <laughs> on screen. Yeah. And my first thought was, that's got to be a joke, hasn't it? <laughs> it is a joke, isn't it? He's having a song. <laughs> they're going to change that, and I am right, aren't I? Anyway, I'll leave you with that thought because I've been nattering on for ages now. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. you. I don't think it was a joke. No, No, I think it's Steve. Yeah, it's been televised now, so I think it's Steve. And they're they're already talking about doing previews of it at the end of August. Still calling it. Let's kill Hitler. So, yeah, we we will see. Is that the lot? That is the lot. If you would like to write to us, keeping it to below a thousand words, (laughs) you can get in touch via show at staggeringstories.net. Woohoo! Join us at Hooverville. Oh, yes, Hooverville. Yes, we went to Hooverville. Plug Hooverville. Hooverville plug. We're going to be there. Where will you be? On holiday. Oh. Is it 3rd September? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so, dear listeners, that brings us to the end of yet another podcast. But never fear, in the next one there'll be more of the same. (laughs) More fun, frivolity and jollity. More news and reviews. More who old and new. So, until that expensive evanescence of everythingness falls down upon us, this is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Farewell. Goodbye. Courgette. Rampant. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, Series 1, number 111, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, Fake Keith, and The Real Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of speaker, and don't necessarily represent those of speakers on the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this podcast is now presented a production www.staggeringstories.net. Testing, testing. One, two, three. One, two. <laughs> I'm as happy as a bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> if you touch my microphone again, 
I'm going to remove your scrotum via your nose. Ooh. <laughs> and not in the fun way. <laughs> Is there a fun one? <laughs> Why are you glaring at him? Uh, I'm not. All I'm right, not. I'll remove your scrotum via your nose as well. Can you remove my nose via my scrotum? You think that would be better? <laughs> <laughs> Far too much scrotum in this podcast. Mm. <laughs> scrotum. <laughs> Horse. What? Petrie, this is Terence Dix. Give me back my neck. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Fair enough. Yep. <laughs> genius in its simplicity. Mm-hmm. You simplicity should come and work for genius. me. <laughs> Let's Simpkins wheel, can we? Well, he'd call you that it. anyway. Yeah. I'm used to it. Only yeah. behind his back. Yeah. I'll say it again. So he gets his words wrong, yeah. you don't pick on him. That's because he's lovely. Not with those knees, he's not. <laughs> very smooth legs for a man. <laughs> I do not shave. <laughs> I do not shave. So you don't well. see him in the wee hours. <laughs> Sandpaper. (laughs) Waxing strips. (laughs) I'll say that again. More who older knew. So, until that crotch grabbingly good time. (laughs) You took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) Remembering my uh, my photo with (laughs) that. Oh dear. My long fingers. Rupert M, Rupert M, went to Hexham Calls. Rupert M, Rupert M, didn't have the balls. Hired a useless hack and stabbed him in the back. Rupert M, Rupert M, Rupert M. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs>